ESPN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast from the Nebraska State FFA Convention that is underway in Lincoln. Lots of things we're going to take a look at the markets today, including the discussion of the smaller corn versus larger bean acres and what's going on in this wheat crop, especially since we're now into the rotation of weekly crop progress updates coming from NAS. Also, the European model, you may or may not like it depending on where you're at. We'll also talk South American crops, Ukraine crops, as pressure continues with Russia, and then all that's happening with China. Not only in the in the getting of the U.S. grain that they had purchased, but the COVID and lockdowns and what that all means for the trade. Arlen Suderman joins us today. He is with StoneX. So let's talk uh, first the smaller corn versus larger bean acres and what kind of pressure we're going to see headed into spring planting. Yeah, it, it matters a whole lot more now with the weather problems we've seen around the world and with the loss of Ukraine up off the global export market. And particularly for corn, it's kind of made the corn market front and center um, because with the, the smaller acreage, we have to get a big yield now this year. And if I plug in USDA's acreage of basically 89.5 million acres of corn, I use their trend yield of 181 bushels per acre, which I think is high. I, I think a trend yield should actually be lower than that, but that's what USDA is using. That gives us a 14.867 billion bushel crop, but total use for this next year is expected to be 15.327 billion. The bottom line is then it still it drops ending stocks down below a billion bushels, very tight level, 6.4% stocks to use ratio, and argues for higher prices. Um, so not much, if any, margin for error with this acreage, and that's why the market's been trying to buy more acres since that report came out. On the other hand, when you look at soybeans, uh, if we use USDA's trend yield, it gives us 4.6 billion bushel crop on 4.4 billion bushels of usage. So it starts to build supplies. It starts pushing ending stocks back above 400 million bushels or a 10% stocks to use ratio. So it starts to build in a little bit of a safety net on the soybeans if, in fact, we actually plant that 91 million acres of, of soybeans. So you talk about that pressure, and I mean, obviously folks are watching what's going on new crop-wise. Do you think that's where the pressure is coming in uh, on this crop? Yeah, I think the focus now really shifts to the new crop. Um, nobody's really expecting us to run out of corn, soybeans, and wheat before our next harvest. I do think soybean stocks are going to tighten further before this next harvest because I expect us to have a stronger-than-expected export season this summer. But I don't expect us to run out of soybeans, just tighten supplies. Um, but then if, if, and that's a big if, we get a good crop this summer, we should be okay on the soybean side, whereas the corn continues to be tight, in fact, gets tighter in the next year and a half. So let's look at what's happening with this wheat crop, because, you know, the latest USDA numbers, I mean, some say, well, they're not as bad as what we thought they were going to be, but others say, let's look at the five-year average, and it's not pretty. No, it's really not. In fact, when we start to break down the condition ratings in, into their fair, poor, very poor, 
Uh, good and excellent. And we put it into an index score, which we do that takes all those categories into effect. It uh, came to an index for the winter wheat crop of 279, and that's largely with a very poor hard red winter crop. And, and then a an average or adequate soft red winter wheat crop. Not impressive, but not that bad. Um, and the hard red winter being the bigger crop really has the influence. But that condition index score 279 is the second lowest in the, in the 35 history of USDA printing these crop ratings for the first week of April, that first crop rating of the spring. It's, it was only lower in 1996 by two points, a 277 index. Um, and uh, in fact, as I look through any time we started the spring in the first week of April with an index of 320 or lower, we had a below trend yield. So now the question is how far below trend? And that's really going to depend on how the weather pattern plays out the rest of the spring. All right. You brought up weather pattern. Let's look at this EU model. It doesn't sound uh, pretty nice for uh, July and August. Yeah, the European model releases once a month monthly updates that project into into the next season, so the rest of the spring and into the and through the summer. Uh, and what it calls for is for the dryness to expand again in the plains after the rains that we had in March in the central plains, uh, and to intensify the drought once again. And then that expands across most of the Midwest in the summer, especially July and August. Look. High Hot and dry. Now, before you think, oh no, 2012 again, uh, I had a good conversation with Eric Rodgrass, who many people may know, who's with Nutrien, uh, well respected uh, for, uh, forecaster. And he says, well, as I look at these models, it looks like they were initiated just about time that we saw sea surface surface temperatures take a dip in the equatorial Pacific. And so the models assumed that the current trend would persist, meaning that La Nina would continue on through the summer growing season, and therefore they were based on that assumption. That may happen, but the odds probably aren't as high as what these models would like to would make us think that they are. So the risk may not be as high as what they suggest. So with buys being as tight as they are in the world, particularly for corn, but also for soybeans and for wheat, we really have to pay attention. But I wouldn't panic just yet because we could get some adjustments to these models in a more favorable way when they're updated again next month. Now that's some good news to hear. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We're going to take a look at what's going on in South America with their crops, where we're at planting progress in Ukraine, and what obviously this war is all meaning to these farmers. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. We're back with another Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish of Fontenelle Hybrids, visiting with dealer Norm Brueger in the Albion area. Norm, tell us about one of the positive aspects that you enjoy most about working with Fontenelle. I feel that uh, the Fontenelle seed uh, is very consistent year in and year out. You know, the weather in Nebraska, we got late plant, we've got drought, we've got insect pressure, and Fontenelle seems to be steady. We're always kind of rolls right through all of those weather conditions and uh, anything Mother Nature throws, it, it seems to uh, withstand the conditions that we plant in very, very well. 
They are wonderful to work with uh, Fontenelle people. We've had excellent district sales managers and return customers. Uh, they come back. They're satisfied. It's a real joy working with Fontenelle people. And if you'd like to learn more about us, you can certainly contact Norm Brueger in the Albion area, any one of your local Fontenelle dealers, or you can find us on Facebook or by going to Fontenelle.com. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Again, you hear background noise. There is lots of youth here. The Nebraska State FFA Convention is underway. They're estimating we could see up to 5,000 FFAers here in attendance at the convention after a two-year COVID restrictions hiatus. So great time for kids. And I, I do have a comment that's coming. Arlen, we'll talk about it in a minute from an FFAer that stopped by to talk to me here at the booth. But first, let's talk some weather, how crops are doing in, in South America. Yeah, as we look at South America, we're seeing generally dry condition, conditions in Argentina, not intensely dry like it's been at times during the growing season, but not the way you want to finish off the crop. Uh, and so that has this concern that we may be taking a little bit more off the corn and soybean crops. But they're, they're into the first part of the harvest right now, the first phase of the harvest. Their bigger concern right now is fuel shortages. We think they're going to be able to get enough fuel to harvest the crop. There may be some problems with planting the winter wheat crop as far as having enough fuel. There's also been a transportation strike called for Monday for the trucks that haul that grain from the harvest to, uh, to the exporters and to the processors, that could create some problems down the road for Argentina as well. In Brazil, it's been good rains in the south of the Safrina Corn Belt, but the north has been drying out. The crop still looks good now, but if this dryness persists, we could see taking the top off of the Safrina Corn Crop if it continues to persist through the month. What about for, for our farmer friends in Ukraine? What are we hearing, and is there some continued pressure when it comes to fuel and being able to get this crop in the ground. Yeah, they continue to face some challenges. In fact, uh, the numbers that we've been getting is about 330,000 hectares of spring barley been planted. That seems to be where the real focus has been to this point. And remember, a hectare is is about two, about roughly two and a half acres, um, to give you a little bit of a sense. Uh, spring wheat at about 81,000 hectares, um, and along with about 62,000 hectares of sunflowers have been pre- planted to this point. Uh, Locally, they remain optimistic that they're going to be able to plant about 13.4 million hectares of spring crops this year uh, on the land that is currently uh, under control of Ukraine and not occupied by Russia. That would be down about 3.5 million hectares from the previous year. Um, And, excuse me, yeah, from the previous year, uh, although we continue to think that that is optimistic. I mean, after all, they have to have hope. If they lose hope, um, then then they just kind of give up, and they can't afford to do that. Overall, winter wheat, winter grain plantings prior to the war totaled about 7.7 million hectares, with 6.5 of that being winter wheat. Uh, some of the winter wheat's been top-dressed, but not a lot of it, so they're really concerned about yields going forward. Uh, also, that's a big concern for the summer crops as well, lack of fertilizer and other crop inputs. So we could see lower yields. Uh, they continue to think that uh, general production 
production will be down about half from last year. We still think that is optimistic as well, but we wish them well. They are trying to increase the option of exports because they need cash for obvious reasons. One of the ways they can generate cash is by exporting some of the grain from last year's crop that had not yet been able to be exported. And so far, they've been able in 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 February they were able to export about three hundred thousand metric tons of grain over land across the western border, um, and they were able to. Uh, that was a doubling of. No, they were able to take that to three hundred thousand. Is one hundred fifty thousand in February, three hundred thousand in March. So they were able to double it with some focus on that. Uh, uh, and mostly, most of their exports generally go out through the ports, the ocean ports. But those aren't available now with the war going on. They want to work to try to increase that to about one and a half million metric tons per month, but that's going to take a lot of work to do. Poland is working with them on a way to try to do that, but I think that's going to take a lot of time and money trying to make that happen. I wanted to hit on China, but first, uh, we did have an FFAR that stopped buying, was wondering if you're hearing the concerns about cows being sold and, and that increasing to affect this cattle market as we uh, head into lack of feed stuff because of drought. Yeah, we've been seeing some very heavy cow slaughter really for much of the last year, but it seems to be increasing here lately. And it's not just weather related, it's probability related as well. So we're anticipating that as we get into the latter part of this year and into next year, we're going to start seeing those lower placement numbers uh, as a result of that. All right, real quick, COVID and China concerns going to continue? More and more the country is shutting down. That decreases demand for energy and for meat. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen? StoneX.com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell as we broadcast from the Nebraska State FFA Convention. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's been the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.